Hello, friends. Hello, Fort Worth. Hello, world. Thank you for being here. This is Fort Worth Roots, a variety interview podcast based out of Fort Worth, Texas. Now, don't let the name or the location fool you. This is a mobile podcast. And while Fort Worth is where it all starts, you can expect us to move all over the place. My name is Andrew Turner. I'm the host of the show. But the podcast isn't about me. It's about the guests that we invite on. And most importantly, you, the listener. Your feedback will directly shape the direction of the show. So please, please, please leave us a comment. Send us an email. Tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. We read these comments at the end of the show. This episode is one of the 10 episodes we're releasing as a set to launch our new podcast. Episode one was actually the 10th recording we did and is not the typical episode. This one is kind of an introduction to Fort Worth Roots that I did with two of my closest friends. I'd be honored for you to listen to this one, but if you're ready to jump right into the interviews, that's episode two. So far, we've interviewed a variety of people from the DFW area. I'm proud of our lineup for the first 10 episodes. We'll continue to find even more awesome guests from a broader range of specialized subjects. Currently, our focus is primarily on local musicians, artists, and content creators. It's my job to make sure Fort Worth Roots always provides you with interesting content. But like I said before, if you have any comments, holler at us. And if you think you'd be an interesting guest or you know somebody that you think would, Send us an email at media at fortworthroots.com. That's media at fortworthroots.com. My guest today is an aircraft mechanic specialized in maintaining UH-60 and CH-47 helicopters. He's an extremely talented private pilot and one of my closest friends. Give it up for the amazing, multi-talented, and extremely ridiculously good-looking Grant Peterson. My second guest today is a diagnostician for a local school district. She has earned her master's degree and speaks two languages. And she is another one of my dearest friends, the beautiful Dianella Martin. Let's start the show. History. Uh, over the next five years, I want to see this turned into a mobile uh, podcast studio. I've looked into scary minivans or paneled vans that used to be used as bread trucks, RVs, travel trailers, something so that the guests can jump in, do the podcast, walk right out, and we can move on to the next thing. That'll also give us the ability to travel to remote places like Terlingua. I want to build a community here. I want to make it so that the people that follow the show um, see this as more of a personal relationship and not just something that they tune into. So make sure that you comment on the episodes. Tell me where I messed up. Tell me where I did great, if that ever happens. And uh, ask questions. Feel free to put some input in there, and I'll respond to it. I like the idea of after the first 10 episodes, once I've launched this series, um, you know, you ask questions put uh, in, in the comment section and then in the following episode I'll address those those comments eventually hopefully there's so many comments that I can't get to all of them but I'll try to always uh, close out each episode by reading off comments and maybe answering some questions um, and then I made a little note here talk about what the podcast isn't and the only thing I could come up with is political it's not going to be a political podcast we're going to have people in here that are far, crazy, right-wing, Fox News-watching Republicans, and we're going to have people that are way out there, woo-woo, liberal, left-wing. So if you can handle that, then welcome aboard. And uh, that's it. That's the intro right there. Uh, my guest today, I have two phenomenal guests. Now, I'm releasing the podcast with 10 episodes already recorded. This is the 10th episode that I've recorded, but was always intended to be the first one. Um, these are two very good friends of mine. One of them is a uh, crew chief in the United States Army. He is uh, kind of the backseat guy that sits in the Black Hawk 
and tells the pilots how to do their job. <laughs> um, he's the most important crew member on a Black Hawk helicopter <laughs> and uh, just an all-around incredible guy. He fashions his own leather bags. He makes uh, leather wallets, uh, all from scratch, using highly uh, uh, sought-after tools and the finest leathers. I carry one of his wallets in my back pocket at all times that he made for me. Um, when he gave it to me, it was a light brown color, and now it's this beautiful, darker uh, leather color with this yeah, nice sheen yeah, that... that uh, that my sweat has added to the composition. It's a little gross, but it looks beautiful. Um, and uh, yeah, so leather. He's the crew. Ch- I'm doing the intro. You got to hold on a minute. Right. <laughs> Say my name. <laughs> I That's know, all. but you yeah. don't do that first, okay? okay. So he's a Black Hawk helicopter <laughs> yeah. crew chief. Most important member on a Black Hawk helicopter. He can take the thing apart, put that. it back together, totally blindfolded. He's mm. uh, a leather craftsman, and uh, he also makes his own whiskey, which is incredible. And then, if that wasn't enough, now he makes bread in a cast iron pot, which is incredible. And if you ever have the chance to try his amazing bread, you will be a lucky person. Give it up for my great, great friend, Grant Peterson. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> my second guest Thank today, equally amazing. She is a di- an educational diagnostician. Very good. Was that close Very enough? Good. That was and these are two of my best friends in the whole wide world. Give it up for Dianella Martin. You really yeah. should have introduced me first. Hold on, let's I'm not do music. Cool. We gotta do music. Oh. All right, and now we're all set and ready to go. <laughs> and right. I want this to be the first episode that I don't have to edit. So no pressure. Oh, no pressure. <laughs> no, I'm not editing. There's going to be some editing. That's another thing that I should say about this whole endeavor is that I want it to be as completely transparent, honest, and upfront. I don't want there to be an overabundance of editing. So I'm going to try to refrain from trimming out all the stupid crap that I say uh, just in the sake of authenticity. Okay. So keep in mind the listener. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, for sure. Fair. So I, I did say it right. You did, actually. Educational diagnostician. What is that? So I work for the special education department um, in a local school district, and I diagnose children um, who may have, who may suffer from learning disabilities. Yeah. And I just kind of help them out, um, come up with a good plan for what their education might look like uh, within the school setting. Right. And before that, you were a uh, what grade teacher? I taught second grade and fourth grade bilingual. So you've been a diag for the last three years? No, I've only been a diag for one year. Oh. Um, the year before that, I was an art facilitator, which is pretty much one step below a diag. It was okay. like a, an assistant to a diag. But now you have all the power. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. Um I just, I think I have a little bit more um, knowledge and experience now. Um, But yeah, I've always worked in education as my uh, quote-unquote big girl job. (laughs) Did you imagine that you would be a diag? Well, I I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. Um, And just a little background on me, I was born in Venezuela, but uh, raised in Texas. Right. 
And I guess my father uh, didn't really want me to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, He wanted me to own my own business. He wanted, he came to America for his daughter to have greater opportunity and not work for the man. Yeah. Um, But I just wanted to be a teacher. Plus, you'd probably look terrible in a a woman's suit, right? Yeah, yeah. What do they call that? (laughs) A pantsuit. Pantsuit. A pantsuit. That's, that's what I was reaching for. That's what I told my dad. Your you dad know? was like to- totally dismissive about you wanting to be a teacher? Yeah. yeah, he was. He didn't want me to, to work for anyone. He wanted me to be like a business owner or something like that. Um, but I just always had a passion for teaching people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I, I tried it his way and, it, you know, it worked out my way. Yeah. Um, and now he couldn't be more proud. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So in your face, Mr. Martin. Yeah, that's in right. Your face. That's right. <laughs> um, let's see. Grant. Yeah. The most important man on the Black Hawk helicopter. Mm. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know this. Everybody else knows this, but pilots fight over you. Like, who's going to get Grant today? That's so true. That was that's always true. my goal when I first started crewing was to be the guy everybody wanted. But it's not that hard because there's not very many of us. So, I mean, in my la- in my last company, because I just changed uh, units, my last company, there was like, at the most, say like around Hurricane Harvey, we had eight flying crew chiefs, like guys who could just get in and go and do whatever. And then, you know, whenever I left last month, I, I had my last flight with the company, and there's four tops. Yeah. So, you know, half yeah. of the combat capabilities that we usually had. So if you put yourself on the flight schedule as a crew chief, you're going to get used and abused. Yeah. Well, for something sure. that's not really, I don't think aviation-wide, I don't think it's very common that, Flight members of any type switch aircraft as much as a Black Hawk crew chief because you guys hop around. You're not on the same bird all the time. It depends on how the unit's set up. But, you know, the organizations that I'm in, they're um, typically in the Army. You'll be assigned, if if you're in a flight company, you'll be assigned an aircraft, two crew chiefs usually, and... That's your helicopter. You take care of it. I'm in the reserves. We don't have that many people. So the flight line is your flight line. Mm-hmm. You take care of all the helicopters. And you don't know which one you're going to be in until yeah. you show up for work that day or night. And, you know, you just, yeah. this is what you got. If you got a jump aircraft, jump aircraft. So it's more of a component thing than like an active. Duty out yeah. of yeah, Washington would probably have their own bird and take oh, care certainly. of it full-time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing this full-time, then yeah. But like us, we do it quote-unquote part-time, but we still have to fly the same hours that you would on active duty. But, um, you know. So the Just listener doesn't know this yet, but you also do it on the civilian side as well. So you're always around these birds. Yeah, so it's it's kind of an interesting situation. Um, the Army Reserves is one of those organizations that, yeah, 
one week in a month and then two weeks a year. But some is what you got to do, but somebody's got to be there Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to keep it going. So I work for that organization and uh, as a Department of the Army civilian. And um, I'm an aircraft mechanic and um, you know, maintain these things, do phases, phase inspections and Whatever else needs done for the Army Reserves on yeah. their, their rotary wing mm-hmm. aircraft. So Chinooks and Blackhawks. And on the maintenance side of it, you're taking apart the flight controls, the engines, everything. The, the everything. transmission. Well, I'm not going to break down the transmission. Portions know. of it, though. You're disconnecting oh, yeah. it. You're putting new transmissions in there. You're testing them to make sure that there's not breakdown inside, like metal shavings and Mm-hmm. You're servicing it and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, we've done everything from you know deep, depot level maintenance that you know, which is on you know way way past our level at the at the unit level. But you know, where I'm in an AVM shop, it's, so it's um, we don't own aircraft. Mm-hmm. We work on other people's aircraft, and we have all of the back shops. So, like work on the individual components and take those apart and work on those for the most part. You're kind of like the Jiffy Lube of the <laughs> Army Aviation. Mm-hmm. They just bring it on in when it's time to get serviced, and then they fly away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it apart, put it back together. And you guys even serve coffee. We do have pretty good coffee there. Yeah. If, you, if you like that sort of thing. Are y'all still making sure that only Folgers goes into that thing? That is a mandatory. <laughs> I tried to put Maxwell House in there mm-hmm. one time, well, and I was heavily reprimanded. Yeah, you get hurt. It's not something you do. No. It's just not. To this mm-hmm. day, I don't understand it, but I respect the rules. <laughs> I abide. Mm-hmm. I abide. I, the dude abides. The dude abides. <laughs> Personally, I make my own coffee at home and take it to work. And whenever that's, the move. Th- that's gone, I don't drink coffee anymore. By the way, for those of you that are listening and not watching on YouTube, we are drinking some of his very impressive coffee. This is the best coffee uh, to be drank in the city of Fort Worth. Well, this it's is espresso. Okay. Well, All right. It's La Baza. If, there's the one thing, thing. if there's one thing that you need to know about Grant is he does shit right. He does. Yeah. That's just. That's Always perfection. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, all the way to the leather bags. I oh. remember when you started that, and I was like, that's good enough. And well, you're like, eh. it's never good enough. Or the bread. The bread comes out, and I'm like, let's get into that. And you're like, well, it's not totally ready. Yeah. Calm down, Mr. Perfectionist. I just like to know. I don't know. I mean, we walked into the grocery store, and there was no bread. So I was like, <laughs> F I this. I'm this. making my own damn bread. <laughs> And now I'm two pants sizes bigger. <laughs> That's okay. It's getting okay. hotter, so I don't want to go out and run. <laughs> I tried to. I tried to get you on the bandwagon, and now I'm I'll starting get there. to. Ta- I'm, now I'll I'm get starting there. to kind of peter out on it. I well, was doing you know, those long runs, yeah. peaks and valleys, though. Yeah, it's been kind of a two week uh, valley for me. Ooh, that first run's not going to be fun. Yeah, I know. Might not try and do twelve miles. Well, last one was only eight. So, 
And it felt mm-hmm. good. Eight miles felt kid. good. After yeah. 12 miles, I'm sure well, it felt I'd, good. I'd gotten up to 14, and the next day I was a train wreck. Mm. And I couldn't hardly walk for like two days. Yeah. So I was like, eh, maybe no more. That's me mile. after three flights of stairs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you can't walk mm. for two days after that? Yeah. It's bad. I'm just yeah. kidding. But the bread isn't helping, so. <laughs> I've laid off the bread here recently. Well, I don't want you to give up on your dream of bread making <laughs> because it is incredible. Well, it's just something. And I like telling people all these things that you do because they're like, are we still talking about the same man? Yep. Well. Yep. He's a jack of all trades. As cliche and cheesy as that sounds. So before we get off subject too far on the helicopter thing, if I want to tag this as a Black Hawk helicopter uh, crew chief slash mechanic type thing, what do you want to tell somebody that's looking into either they're going to get into the Army and they're looking at either 15 Tango or something similar, or maybe somebody that's considering getting their AMP license and they want to work on helicopters. Is there something maybe you could say to these people? Yeah, go to the Air Force. Go to the Air Force. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. got the they got the real nice black ops. Don't get me wrong. I love the Army, and I certainly love Army aviation. But knowing what I know now, <laughs> you know, I've been doing it for a little bit now, and just the quality of life. Especially if I'm going to do it full time. Yeah. Active duty. I'm going to the Air Force. Yeah. Um, certainly. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt about it. Well, you know my story. I, mm-hmm. I did, uh, I, I went. Combat arms first. Well, hold on. They, uh, the very beginning, they had the uh, shopping center where they're all right oh. next to each other. Yes. You know, Air Force, Marines, yeah. Navy, Coast Guard, Army. There's one down the road from Yeah, us. there's one yeah. in every town. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the smaller the town, the the better location they got, right? Okay. Um, but I the first one I walked into was the Marines' office. And I'm talking about this goofy kid with a mop for hair. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, probably hadn't touched a razor in weeks. Oversized T-shirt, baggy mm. jeans, ate-up shoes. So not too different from now. Right, pretty <laughs> much, yeah. Same thing. But I walked into the Marines' office, and they just kind of looked at me like, can we help you? And I was like, yeah, uh, Marines, join me now. And they're like, mm, go check next door. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, for sure. So the next door I went to, I think it was the Navy, and I looked in the window, and they're wearing those, those like, dress uniforms. Oh, yeah. You know, like your stereotypical yeah. sailor outfit. And the little Yeah, ties. it's been so long, I can't remember exactly yeah. what they had on. Little but neckties. I, whatever right? it was, I saw it, and I was like, I can't do that. It's not for you. <laughs> so I, I went smooth on past the Navy, and I walked into the Air Force office, and, you know, they uh, took their feet off the desk and stood up, and they're all, oh, hey, man, how's it going? And... uh told him, you know, I'm looking to join the military and um, wanted to know what the requirements were. And they, well, yeah, no problem. We'll get you in here. Do you, you, when did you graduate from high school? And I went, well, I, I have my GED. And they're, oh, yeah, well, if you'll go get some college then and come back, then we'll, we can talk. Mm. All right. So I walk out of there, my head held low. Mm. And I walk into the Army recruiting right office. Right into the arm. And they all jump up out of their seats. <laughs> Music starts playing. I think somebody threw some confetti. This guy was like, what's up, dude? Yeah. 
And then there was like a guitar riff. <laughs> you like machine guns? You want to blow stuff mm. up? Yeah. So that was, uh, I was a shoe in. They yeah. saw my ASVAB scores and they're like, dude, you're a genius. You know, really pumping me up. Yeah. And that was it. But you're right. Now that we've spent some time in the military, we know that you want to be in the Air Force. want to be in the Air Force. Because if the Army guys are sleeping in a tent, the Air Force guys are like 10 blocks down the street in a Hilton. And they're in their own Hotel room. Hotel company. Literally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When we went to training in Virginia. Yes. The home of, uh, well, I guess the AIT. Or, you know. Just the individual school training. Yeah. For... Army Aviation, uh, maintainer side. That's where you go to learn how to be a baby Blackhawk mechanic or a Chinook mechanic or a hydraulics guy or electrician. Well, that was my first wake up right there (laughs) to you messed up and should have joined the Air Force was, you know, we get get to the first day of school and uh, what... what the heck are these Air Force nerds doing here with us? I hadn't seen them around. Oh yeah, we stay at the we stay at the hotel, like off post. What? Yeah, we stay in hotels off post, and they pay us extra money right. because it's uh, substandard substandard living. substandard living conditions. So, so wow. they got better accommodations. And the Air Force was like, sorry, you're having to put up with these Army guys. Here's an extra check. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah. So they're coming home to the room service and their bed's being turned down. And I'm coming back to the barracks and, you know, my room's being turned down by, you know, a drill sergeant, though. So And you're sharing a tiny room with another guy. Five other dudes. Who doesn't like you. No. I mean, I don't have anything bad to say about any of them, but, you know, there were definitely different levels of maturity. (laughs) (laughs) There, you know, some of them are just really great dudes, and some of them I don't lost touch with, so. Well, and whenever we went to those schools, we were older, and a lot of these guys coming in were... I was 30 years old when I went through. 18, 19 years old. Yeah, wow. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that's a big difference. For sure. (laughs) Virginia was beautiful, though. Did you get to do anything while I you were there? I went to Virginia Beach. I went to, um, my cousin was at another school, at another post not far from there. So on the weekends, he'd come get me. And um, what's that? Bush Gardens. Yeah, mm-hmm. He took me to Bush Gardens a couple times. Free free admission for Yeah, free military. admission. And then I bought the ticket so you could, like, skip to the front of the line. Mm-hmm. And I love roller coasters at the time. And I still do, but it's been a while. But we just over and over and over went on these things. It was mm-hmm. it was really fun. Yeah. I got lost uh, in the beer gardens, yep. and I don't think I rode a single yeah. ride. <laughs> went into the beer gardens and, you know. So is this like Six Flags with yeah, beer? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Wow. Do they yeah. sell beer? At Six Flags I don't here? think so. I don't know. I haven't I been to know. Six Flags in really years, to be honest yeah, with you. Neither. But the uh, the Bush Gardens thing, they had like I mean, it is I mean they did it up right. There yeah. was this they had like different like here's Germantown and oh, here's cool. Scotland and they so kinda mm-hmm. like Disney World. I've never been to Disney oh. World. Been to Disney World? I, oh, I was a kid. Grant, did I you go to Disney? Am I negative. Privileged. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about Disney World. Oh my gosh. How old I were was you? 
probably like 10 or so. So just your parents wasted money because you don't retain any. I feel like it was a waste of money. And like, so my family lives in South Florida, Mm -hmm. which is not close to Orlando. I don't know if you know geography, but it's probably like, I want to, when I was a kid, I was like, it, it felt like. A day drive. I'm but the host of this show. Of course I know geography. <laughs> geography. No, I don't know geography. I don't know where but, it's um, it, I felt like a day drive. I think it's maybe like a three or four hour drive. Orlando's kind of in the armpit, right? Um, It's on the coast, oh. but far, far north. Yeah. And I mean, we're talking, we're way south and Orlando's a little bit up north. So um, it felt like forever drive. And I, all I remember really is the drive. And we didn't even stay there. So, like, we drove in the morning, went to the park, and then drove back at night. So, we didn't do it right. Did y'all do just one day? Yeah. Oh. And we didn't do it right. We didn't do it right. So, but I do remember the different, like, wor- like um, countries yeah. being represented in there. And, um, yeah, it, it was a waste. Don't tell my dad that, though. I'm sure he's, he probably already, he's still it. pissed about He'll it. He'll hear this. <laughs> Maybe. It'll be all right. Yeah. So, that's... The first part of the podcast, and that what I've noticed is whenever I sit down with somebody and we start talking, there's like this struggle to kind of to get into a groove and, and start feeling natural. So we've we've talked about your individual career paths. Now I want to talk about Lucille's and why we didn't eat more. <laughs> Not like we ate enough. We could have eaten more, though. You we realize that Lucille's. So those who don't know, Lucille's is one of those great restaurants. Here in Fort Worth. On Camp Bowie. Shout uh, out. On the bricks. That, um. Eggs Benedict. Yeah, their brunch, their breakfast. (laughs) Incredible eggs. They have great coffee. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Not as good as yours. So, well, I mean, it's. Close. You can get good coffee and you can get good breakfast. And we, we go there. Any chance we can. Yeah. It's in kind of an older building in a. Yeah, it's been. I don't know how long it's been there. Triangular shape. Long time, I think. We're thankful it's there, though. Yeah. Certainly, yeah. it's one of my go-to breakfast places. Yeah. It's, uh, it's on Camp Bowie, about a mile north west of I twenty or I thirty. Yeah. yeah, and uh, Lucille's has always been a, a good option. There's uh, the Beacon over there at Hicks Airfield. Yeah, mm. that's another one of my I'll big stops. Saginaw. Yeah. I love theirs. I've got this pancake where I. I think it's a pineapple pancake. Upside yeah. down pineapple pancake. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, we've had many of those. We yes. have. I, I don't know if it was on Facebook or where I saw this. It had to have been Facebook, but they had to finally close down <gasps> the one on the airfield because people were just terrorizing the oh. pilots and causing a big problem. Yeah, it's so. a real pain in the butt because people are retards going through there. Yeah, they don't. I mean, there's airplanes going. Around there, well, and I was surprised the first time I went out right there. By? There's, I mean, how would they know? It's just open to the public, right? And if you have no aviation knowledge, it's first time on an airfield driving a car. But there are signs. There's signs, but these people don't read. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was wondering when that was going to be, because it's a very popular place. Yeah. Aww. So or when there was going to be an accident. Yeah. I hadn't heard that. That makes me sad. I don't know that it's permanent. They made it sound like it was kind of like a COVID nineteen influence decision mm. well, we certainly need to find that out because that's another thing that we didn't talk about in your intro man uh grant is also a very good pilot yeah. as yes, is, uh, he is one of the best 
Is that that's a is that a one seventy two? Your Cessna? Yeah, it's a little one seventy two. Yeah, I bought it from my cousin, who had bought it from our uncle. So it's been in the family a little while, and you know, I just use it for, you know, leisure, taking Dianella around, and Dianella you know. enjoys it very much. Does she? Yeah, she does. Yeah. We've done, we've done a couple of good. Good sized trips. One uh, of your first ones was all the way down to Florida, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, wow. Key West, yeah. Um, a buddy of mine, flying buddy of mine, he just, um, we'd been out tooling around. He was trying to build some hours, and we were pushing the airplane in to the hangar. And after flying, and this old guy comes up and he's like, oh man, you know, we're just talking. He's like, I flew a plane just like that to Key West. Like 40 years ago. Hmm. And we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, what are, what are you doing next week? <laughs> it was Veterans Day weekend. So after that, I always try to make it a, you know, a thing to take an airplane trip on Veterans Day Was weekend. that the longest, like, yeah. nonstop trip Two you days. Made? Two days in airplane. Where did y'all stop off then? We stopped in Louisiana. I, I had to look at my logbook mm-hmm. to, to remember it. But um, in the Panhandle of Florida as well, right? Yeah, we stopped in Pensacola, mm-hmm. and then um, once in Florida, or a, a little further south, down by my outside of Miami, right outside of the class Bravo, we stopped there. Right, but and then you just follow. So it's not that bad um, flying over there. It's no different flying in the southeast or yeah, southeast. It's just like Texas. Yeah. You know, it's flat. You go a little too far south, there's the Gulf. <laughs> Turn around and go north. So Hard to get lost. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, that was such a cool trip. I, you know, it's one of those things. I had no idea until I did it, you know. It's just, you look back and say, damn, I just I did that. Yeah. I hopped in a little bitty airplane and I flew that thing. Well, at least you had some All experience, there. and you knew the airplane, and you knew yourself and your capabilities. Oh, yeah. Yanella just got into this plane <laughs> with basically a stranger yeah. and went to a place where dinosaurs walk around roaming free in the streets. Pretty much. No. Are you terrified? She, she's I got, wasn't terrified. You should have been. I, mm, <laughs> I wasn't terrified. She's I, such a good passenger. Well, and I grew up around pilots. My family's pilots. So, you know, it wasn't my first time in a little airplane. But Mm -hmm. I could tell Grant is very methodical. He's Mm -hmm. the best pilot I know. Even I love my uncles. They fly freaking machines. It doesn't matter. Grant's extremely methodical. He's very planned out. I knew from the minute that I pulled up to the hangar that it was going to be a good trip. Yeah. I, I had no worries at that point. I understand what she's saying. She's she's not giving you undue credit and saying that you're a better pilot than somebody that flies a 777, but you are very detailed oh. and by the book, and I, a lot of that's got to do it's with... It's always safety first. You know, well, before you started flying that plane, you A couple things, yeah. Flying, not just myself, but you know, I put my children in that. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, my loved ones. Uh, both of y'all mm-hmm. have been in there with me. We've gone places and done things. And number one, be able to use the airplane again. Yeah. Right. Number two, 
you know, don't die. <laughs> That's a big one. That should be number one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I don't know. If I can't use that airplane, I don't know if I want to be. No, I'm just. But the other thing that's always been really important, and then my good, good friend uh, that taught me how to fly, his name's Andy. He always stressed on your passengers, you know, what kind of flight are you giving them? How are they, do they want to get back in it after you've taken them on a little sightseeing trip? So being really cognizant of, and he's an airline pilot, so it's it's a big deal for him. It's not the same riding in the back of a Blackhawk. Yeah, it's like, did you die? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have both of your arms? Yeah, and the helicopter's good, or can you fix it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I have to say, I mean, no big deal, but I've been in my share of airplanes, mm-hmm. and no one can land an airplane like Grant Peterson. I'm telling you, that's like, just one airplane. I've been landing that one. Over and over and Every over. Time. I better be good at that. Every yeah, time, though. I, I wait for the landing, and I'm like, and, and this is on any airplane. I, I judge the pilot by their landing. Which is really asshole behavior, but uh, okay. You know, it is. <laughs> uh, it's fine. I'll, I'll own it. But, you know, I'm no. it, whether it be an American flight or whether it be, you know, whatever airplane I'm in, that's that's the judgment. And every single time, Grant has had a really good landing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Been there for all of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> been some rough ones, I'll tell you that. Certainly. First time he took me out and we came back in, I remember that the landing was a little bit rough. This was years ago, and I don't know how long you'd had that plane, maybe a year, maybe two. But we came in, and it was a windy day, and uh, you just weren't feeling it. And we, 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 we kind of touched down for a second, caught some air, and then came down again, and I mean, at no point were you out of control, but it just was not. If they came back off the ground, there's, you know, a yeah. control thing. Right, right. Well, okay. yeah. you're right, you're right. <laughs> but it uh, it wasn't terrifying, but it wasn't the best landing ever. And then the next time we got in there, it was a, it was a little bit of a better landing. And, and nowadays, every single time we come in, it's like landing on just a smooth sheet of glass or yeah. Well, like like you're on a track that. and you just kind of yeah. moved right in. So yeah. would, you, you've gotten better is what I'm trying to say. Well, thank you. It shows. So as long as Dee's happy. I'm happy. Okay. Yeah. I'm happy. So the big move to Colorado is coming. Yeah. Yeah, we're moving to Colorado here next month. Colorado Springs. Yeah. Now you've always had a Texas address and you have too since you moved to the States. Yeah. Well, I'm seventh generation Texan. Yeah, so yeah, this is a big deal. This is not like somebody moving from California to Colorado. This is a <laughs> Texan, a real native Texan That's moving. Right. I think we'll be all right. Colorado Springs is, you know, it's a, a great mixture yeah. town. It's got, what, three different military bases there. It's got the Air Force Academy. It's got Peterson Air Force Base. And then it has uh, Fort Carson, which is where I'm going to be at, at uh, Butts Army Airfield. So, uh, yeah. Started to build up a list of jokes about Butts. <laughs> They've been doing that for years. I'm, I'm not going to come up with tired. anything new. Me 
to start now. Somebody hasn't already heard. Because like you said, they've been hearing it their entire lives. So it's up to you to come up with some really good original material. I'll laugh. She'll laugh. (laughs) I'll try. Certainly will. We got off track about breakfast foods, and I'm not done with that. So Lucille's is good. Lucille's, it's really good, and it's kind of centrally located. Mm -hmm. Hicks is a little bit out of the way. Northern Fort Worth. But you can fly into Hicks. And even though the Airfield restaurant, and I don't know, they might be open by now, but at some point they they closed down for a little bit. Even if that one's closed down, there's one over there um, on the adjacent road that borders that runway. Same restaurant, secondary location. Right. So you can still, and I haven't been in there. Land there and walk? Yeah. You could. It'd be kind of a weird walk because there's train tracks and a fence, but. I would not suggest. You'd probably Uber. That's what you'd do. Oh, okay. Mm. You'd Uber over there. Um, but that that uh, on the airfield restaurant is probably open to pilots at least, I'm sure. Cause it, Hopefully so. That's what it's there for, is for the pilots. And since we moved to North Fort Worth back in 2015, um, that place has expanded at least twice because it got so popular. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're looking it up? If it's it open. looks like it's open. Yeah? yeah. Okay. So it may be open already. Um, Old South Pancake House. Old South is a good one. It's a little more of a, it's like a larger greasy spoon. Yeah. 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 Usually a greasy spoon is kind of a hole in the wall. It's weird because the crowd, it, depending on when you go, mm-hmm. the crowd is completely different. So yeah. if you go on a Saturday or Sunday morning, you're going to get your usual breakfast crowd, you yeah. know. But if you go, they're open, I believe, 24 yep. hours. Yeah, so, 24 hours. you know, after after a night of drinking, you can go at 2 a.m. and it's going to be a different crowd. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never experienced that one. Usually yeah. I'm fighting the church people to get a table on a Sunday. Because Sunday's like my breakfast day. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, any other ones. You, I can think of one. And that is... Over in the stockyards, the Horseshoe Hill Cafe. Horseshoe Hill. Oh, they do a breakfast, huh? We've been for breakfast. I, no, we no. went to Horseshoe Hill for their chicken fried steak, which was incredible. Which was lunch. Okay, okay. But I didn't know they did breakfast. They brunch. do do brunch we'll on the weekends. But right when I said I can't think of any other places, I remembered Snooze. Have y'all been there yet? I have um, been to Snooze. That um, is a really good breakfast. Yeah, it's, it's it a, is. It's on the price you're in. Yeah. But it's really busy. And it's because it's really good. Snooze is actually a chain. Where is, is it? That at? Yeah. It's right on West 7th. The Right yeah. where the bridge ends? Right before you get to the bridge. What's yeah. the one on Magnolia over by uh, Tiny Rosa? Oh, uh, Brood. Yes. Brood is a good one as there. well. Have we? We have a lot of brunch places in Fort Worth, y'all. That's because breakfast is the best. And I'm proud of you for using uh, correctly the word y'all. Oh. That was perfect. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> So, we're 40 minutes in, and we've talked about your move to Colorado. Yeah. Talked about your uh, respective career paths. Mm -hmm. What's left? Well, I mean, we talked briefly about Colorado, but Grant didn't say why we were moving to Colorado. Oh, because of the baby. What? (laughs) No baby. You didn't tell him? No baby. No put, baby. Do not put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> put that in. Sorry. Not yeah. funny. You better knock on someone. Um, 
Grant got a great opportunity. Yeah. Tell him about your unit up there. You're well, really I'm not in there right that. now. It's kind of funny how things work. I'm working my way up there. I've yeah. gotten so my civilian job is kind of one of those deals that uh, you know you miss all the shots that you don't take, and you're never going to grow or. Um, He was even move forward if you don't try. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those deals, you know. You, like I said, you miss all the shots you don't take. Right. And there was an opportunity where I work now here in Fort Worth over on the Joint Reserve Base, not not far from here. And um, that kind of gave me the, the confidence to uh, to apply for this job and throw my hat in the ring. Well, it's going to be another badass bullet point on your resume, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I I love what I do, mm-hmm. and it is um, it's rewarding. It's not just a paycheck. It's not just a career. You know what what we do directly impacts others and helps, yeah. and that's what I want to do. What can I do to help those around me? What can I do? You know, you're certainly good at it. Um, well, I've always been good at it. We worked together briefly um, while I was in the the reserves in, in Grant's unit, and we went on a little deployment to a hot little place called Kuwait, mm. <laughs> and we worked out of this nasty. I mean, it's basically it's a tent, and we'd yeah. pull the helicopters in there we'd pull them apart put them back together and push them out the door and grant was one of the few people that i could depend on to uh do it right and not have to look over his shoulder and that just was not a common thing Uh, good mechanics were in high demand over there and i can tell you firsthand grant you're one of the better people to work with in that environment i appreciate it and that that little that little trip certainly was uh Great learning experience. <laughs> That's the most polite way to put it. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> what, else, what else are you going to say? You know, it is what it is. It's make the best of what you can with what you got. and It, it, it is what it is. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, for sure. Glad. I learned a lot. You know. No regrets. No mm-hmm. regrets. Are there things I'd have done different? Yeah. <laughs> but... You know, learn from it. Move on. Yeah. Don't dwell on it. For sure. Don't forget it, but don't you know, take the good, learn from the bad, and carry on. We got to go to some cool places while we were there, too. My f- yeah. first deployment, I didn't get to do so much playing no. around. And it's not like we had a bunch of free time. And there were certainly no. people that got to go off base a lot more than we did. But I did get to go... I kind of weaseled my way into one of those positions where I, if there was something cool, I got to go do it. Yeah. And and that I was, I handled all of the units GSE, like ground support equipment. So if it was a crane, if it was a um, That's an AGPU, which is like a, a ground power unit, okay, anything like that. Of course, I was like, yep, yep, that's mine. I'm I'm doing the crane. Yeah, cool. nobody else can operate that but me. So, you know, I'm a Blackhawk guy, but whenever the 
the Army says, well, we're bringing five Chinooks over on C-5s, and they need to be put together. Um, we need we need a crane over there. So my, my hand was up first. You know, so, yep, yep, can't do it without me. <laughs> but what that did is that got me in in front of some people that could, you know, do, you know. Open some doors. Open some doors, yeah. yeah. And, you know, that it just showed them who they had. Yeah. You know, I'm done. I'm not about that, but you did a lot of work down there in the, the port. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, not the port, but, you know, we were going back and forth a lot to Ali Asalim. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going... Every day we were going down to uh, the Kuwait International, Kuwait City. You know, so we'd drive whatever it was from Camp Buring south to, I think it was like an hour and a half or something like that. Did you ever go, there was a thing that they did, and it, I think it was a weekly program that they did. I want to say it was called something like Breakfast the Kuwaitis or something like that and I did not ever do that take you to one of the bases and they had this elaborate tent system put together yeah carpeted floors Mm. elect electric ran to it now think about the Kuwaitis in order for them to get their government check uh, Kuwait is comprised of about three million in population two million of those people are not from Kuwait they're from outside countries and they're there just to work Workers. only about a million legitimate Kuwaiti citizens, and every single one of them draws a check off the royalties from the oil that comes out of the ground there. Now, one of the things that they have to do, oh, and by the way, I am not an expert on this. I'm just saying some stuff, and it's either true or not true. <laughs> so if you Google this and I'm wrong, sorry. Um, but there's a million residents, and they all get a check, and it comes from the oil that comes out of the ground. And in order to get that check, they have to do certain things to, like, maintain good faith or whatever in order to get that check. Okay. One of the things they have to do, they have to go to the desert. Now, this is true. I know this. They have to go to the desert once a year, and this is either for a week or two weeks, and they have to live there. And it's part of their heritage. Like, just survive? It's in the list. That's know. that's the point that I'm getting to. It's not survival. I mean, you'll see a bunch of tents out there, and you'll you know with the Toyota Land Cruisers parked next to them, oh, yeah. and then or the Mercedes, and there'll be a bunch of camels and trash. Yeah, the desert is full of trash. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I remember the most was just as you drove through there or flew over it. It's yeah, you know, it's, it's like West Texas. Yeah, you know. All the shit is just so I wonder everywhere. I wonder how much of it is just that it is a flat land mass with nothing obstructing it. Because if you were to go to Arkansas and you took away all the foliage, can you imagine how much goddamn garbage you'd be able to see? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's just mounds of shit off the roads. Uh, there was a dead camel that was parked at one of the oh. main uh, thoroughfares. Like mm-hmm. as you're leaving the base, you drove by that thing every day. Every day for like six months, and then oh. one day we went by and it had exploded. <gasps> oh, Heat, I guess. Gross. But every time we'd go by it, it would be a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. a little bit bigger, and we were like, one day that thing's just gonna pop, and then it did. Birds probably got to it. Yeah, something. opened it up. So gross. Yeah. I wonder if it was farting at all. Like if it had have exploded probably. quicker. Oh, maybe not. So, but maybe it was. It, it would have to have expelled some gas. We'd have to put some control uh, into the maybe experiment. Not, no camels are going to be harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> mm. I just wonder. Um, you know, 
if it was expelling any gas or if that was just like a, a good representation of Wait, how long so it you takes. Were, you were telling us about the Kuwaiti breakfast. Oh, we got off track. Yeah. The tents. All right. So these people are tent experts and mm -hmm. it's because they are required to live in the desert every year for a certain amount of period for a certain period of time. Um, the tents have carpeted floors. Uh, they're extremely sturdy. I think probably this building would fall down in a hurricane before their tent would. Oh, wow. Um, ah, pretty stout. I can't remember all. I just remember walking in there and just being like, Jesus Christ, this mm. thing is legit. Um, power. They had really? full kitchens in there. I mean, it was just extremely real furniture. You know, wow. when we go camping, we've got fold out everything, right? right fold out right. chairs, fold out tables. Mm -hmm. All of this was like handcrafted mahogany wood. I mean, it, it was. Wow. Legit. So they do the desert right. Yes, 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 yes. It's Grant style. Yeah. <laughs> no detail overlooked, for sure. In an RV or something like that. So speaking of RVs, that's that's where we're headed next. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I was looking at I vans. I think that's a cool morning. idea. I think it's a really cool idea. A mobile podcast. I saw a mobile thing with a mobile studio. barber, and I thought, man, I would, that would be awesome. I'd come to you, trim oh, your hair. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to pretty cool. go through the excruciating process of getting in your car and going to Pro Cuts? <laughs> I wouldn't. You wouldn't do that? You wouldn't go, go to, to Pro, Pro Cuts, cuts you know? anyway? But that's <laughs> not, you know, it's been a while since I've been in a Pro Cuts. I've been, um, you know, on the search for a good barber. For a long time, and I found one place over on 7th that it's kind of tucked away. And, um, you know, I'd been going there for three or four months, maybe five months. But, I, you know, if I didn't get this one guy, it would be kind of spotty. But, you know, I'd, it'd be about, a, you know, 50-50, 60-40 yeah. split. Well, the other day, with all of this COVID stuff, I'd gone through you know, three months without a haircut, and it was right. driving me nuts. And she trimmed it up for me with my clippers Just once. Just the neck. But That's all I could that, be right? trusted to do. Yeah. <laughs> so once they finally let these places open back up, I found one. And, I, you know, I'm a little irritated at myself for not looking further into it at the time because I did see it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's on 7th Street, too, over by that tuk-tuk tie across the street and little barber shop. This guy was great. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, man, freaking month before I leave, I find this place. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. But. That's how it works you out. You know. You'll find a place up there in Colorado oh, sure. Springs. Yeah. But I, I saw on TV the little uh, mobile barber, and I thought, wow, that's a great idea. You know, how neat is that? Well, um, with the coronavirus thing, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, demand for personalized experiences. We, over the last 20 years, have already seen a depletion in the brick-and-mortar stores, and this might be the final blow. So we're going to see a lot more uh, delivery with groceries. I think uh, some of the holdouts, people that weren't into delivery, uh, grocery delivery, are probably more apt to do it now. They were oh, forced certainly. into it. Yeah. Got people that are probably on a high dollar crafted uh, toilet paper uh, subscription of some sort. Mm -hmm. oh, it's just the madness. Yeah, there's a uh, company 
and I, I don't remember where they're from or what the name of it was, but they sell novelty toilet papers, like high-end, like custom toilet mm. paper. Custom. And it's expensive. I wonder if they print things on it that you could read while you're, you know. Oh, come on. Sitting on the toilet and then. Hmm. I mean, that would I mean, be good like for them. I mean, that's like dual purpose. It'd be good for them because then you're using more toilet paper than usual because you oh, want to get no. to the next chapter, right? That's you true. You know, stay off that's of my true. phone. <laughs> no, you yeah. wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you can't you gotta have a free hand. So there's <laughs> there's gonna be some some oddities about this whole thing, and the COVID nineteen, of course, has come up on every episode well, that I've done. It's wow. not over yet. No, it's that's not. the other thing. Is what what is the next? Well, as soon thing? as the rioting started, um, it almost seemed like overnight the COVID nineteen just lost a lot of steam. But right. then you go to the store and you st- still see everybody wearing the masks and yep. the gloves. And the CDC and World Health Organization have upgraded all of their, or revised all of their uh, statements and warnings. Like COVID-19 doesn't spread very well from asymptomatic people. It doesn't spread well on surfaces. It's not necessarily a big airborne threat. Well, and I think that we all kind of had to become experts overnight, but, you know, surely none of us are qualified to... That's the thing. Nobody really qualifies right even the officials that are getting in front of the camera and telling the nation what to do it's like they don't have any information to go off of right but i certainly i think everybody was just as concerned as everybody else the first couple of weeks until the numbers started coming out yeah Yeah. i didn't really think it was a deal i have i was in um i was actually at fort eustis in uh, newport news virginia when that had yeah Mm mm-hmm Came down the pipe, and I had been visiting with my cousin over the weekend, and I noticed, or I saw on the news that a a, a Marine from Fort Belvoir had contracted it, or, yeah, and um, I thought, ooh, all right, service members are getting it. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens on Monday morning. Right. When we'll go back to school. And Monday morning, they looked at us, and they're like, Wash your hands. <laughs> yeah. Maintain good hygiene. Drink water. Take so, Motrin. <laughs> yeah, I was there like another week or two, and I didn't give it another thought. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of, you know, whenever I kind of closed myself off to the world. There, I was just listening to podcasts mm-hmm. the whole time, so I didn't hear any news. Yeah. The news. And uh, so whenever I'm leaving town, graduated from class on a Thursday. My original flight wasn't out until late, so I got, I was like, eh, let me get on an earlier one, see if I can. I ended up getting back here to Dallas, DFW, at like midnight, something like that. Mm-hmm. Just as they put a, a hold on all the Department of Defense travel. So right I under made the it wire. home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> made it home just in time. But going through the airport there, you know, I connected through Charlotte and in um, Newport News Airport. Eh, yeah, they had a. They, it's not a very big airport, so they didn't really have much to close off. They had one of the little. They have a bar there. They were still serving drinks. They were still doing all the stuff, and so it really wasn't much difference. But the girl behind the bar was wearing. Gloves and a mask. Yeah. Like, okay, well, that's odd. <laughs> and then 
But whenever I'd gotten to to Charlotte and I was sitting there, it was eight o'clock at night, something like that. The plane I was getting on had just landed from L.A. Jesus, and every um every layer of personal protection equipment was on that airplane. There were some people were walking off of that thing not wearing any, and then. Some guys were wearing full-on face masks with gloves taped around their long sleeve shirts <laughs> and, you know, just thinking, okay, well, yeah, all right. You know. Now you're going to get on that plane. Now I'm going to get on this plane, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I thought. And then uh, well, I, was, I wasn't too worried, but... I wonder what air travel is like right now, because you know we're gonna get you moved. Would you like up to, to speak on that, Danella? Oh, we just flew up to Denver, yeah, uh, a couple of weeks ago, like three weeks ago. We went to Denver. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. So. Yeah. So, uh, well, okay. So I, I'm a rule follower. Mm-hmm. I like to, uh, you know, color within the lines. <laughs> so I'm doing my Don't research. Tell me what to do. Yeah. Well, I'm, do I I'm doing my research. On you know what to expect when I'm getting on the airplane. I also mm-hmm. have a little bit of anxiety about this whole thing, so I just want to uh, be conscious of my environment. Sure. So I'm doing some research, and you know, I I won't name the airline. American um, Airlines. <laughs> Damn, he did it. That's okay. They're not a sponsor. Uh, you know, the everything I I read online and saw online, it led me to believe that. Social distancing was going to be put in place, and you know I, I'm I'm conscious, but I'm also not overly fearful of anything. Mm-hmm. But you know I I we made sure we had good masks. And, yeah. Well, we get on that thing, and they're packing us in like it sardines. A full flight. Yeah. And then I liken it to every person who has never flown before, mm-hmm. they are now flying because the tickets, tickets are, so, are so low. I mean, we paid 70 bucks and this was out yeah, of necessity. It's one way, right? We, yeah. No. no, this is round trip. <laughs> $70, $70 a person, a person trip. round trip to Denver International. <laughs> so as soon as we found out about the, you know, the position up there, mm-hmm. I booked the flight. Yeah. We needed to check out where we were going to be we living. Find neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. We needed. I don't know anything about it. And then shortly and after is when you know all of the restrictions on travel and stuff came up. So we were like, I mean, we, yeah, we already have do? these flights. So are they requiring people to wear masks? In you them? are required to, to wear a mask. Um, what about gloves? No gloves. No gloves. You don't have to wear gloves. So now, not not to beat on the airline or anything like that, but I I get it. They're hurting. Yeah. yeah. So, but we, you know, we understood and through the video that they sent us. That there uh, was going to be there would distance. Be a yeah, a between, seat in between each person. So we were thinking, well, oh, how nice. Case. You yeah. know, we'll have a row to ourselves. We live in the same household anyway, so we can sit next to each other. Yeah. That was not the case, yeah. Andrew. It was, no, it I was mean. full flight. Nobody, it was a full uh, flight. Everyone yeah. and their mom wanted to put. You know, three pieces of luggage in the, you know, I always carry on. You know those people that stand up after the plane lands? Yeah, that's me. Well, it was full of you. <laughs> I'm <laughs> and kidding. It I pissed sit down us and I off. Wait. Well, and it's just like, I mean, you know, are you going to get in line or are you going to get to Denver any quicker than I am if you cut in line in front of me? You know? Oh, yeah, it was thunderstorming when we got there, so they held us up at the gate Mm -hmm. and 
Oh yeah, you can just watch these people just, just boiling, losing their shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just I was waiting for some kind of pop off YouTube moment to yeah. come up. <laughs> like, oh, I'm gonna be on the internet. Yeah. So, so if you can avoid it, I would. Um, I hate to say that because I want to put you know money into these mm-hmm. airlines that are probably hurting. I want to put money into. My own damn airplane. <laughs> I'm not worried that's about that's what the that airlines. situation did You're for not, me. Okay. Oh, they, well, here's the thing: the government is propping up airlines. The government okay. is helping okay. out large businesses. That yeah, is true. that's true. But all yeah, these bailouts. The 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 best uh, report that I've heard so far, or the the nicest report so far, is saying forty percent of all small businesses will be closed this year. Forty oh. percent. And, you know, so the airline's getting bailed out again. There's, you know, all these large businesses that are getting help from the government. But, you know, somebody that's got a hair salon that got yeah. shut yeah. down because Mandatory. COVID. Right. Close it. And yeah. you'll lose your license if Shop you... Shop local, people. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And I just recently, I started looking at everything I buy. Like, where's yeah. this made? That's Absolutely. Right. Because if I can get away with buying something... In Texas, That's I'm going to buy it Texan. Right. My next step is U.S. And right. if I can't find it in U.S., I might not even buy it. Like, right. I might wait until I can find it somewhere else just to buy U.S. Yeah. Um, and it always starts with you. It starts with one person. So. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, you make you, it your own damn self. Yeah. <laughs> That's Listen Grant's Grant. philosophy yep. on everything. If I'm going to have to buy this crap from China, I'm going to learn how to make leather purses. That's right. It's not a purse. It's... I have made purses, but they're high-quality handcrafted. I screwed leather up. Leather goods. Okay, <laughs> high-quality handcrafted leather goods. And they're not for yeah. sale. So I know all of you are like, well, where's the web link? There's not one. There's not one. They I sh- make it for, for my girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you could charge an, an insane amount of money for your handcrafted leather goods, your high-quality handcrafted leather high goods. High-quality. Yeah. I like them. Let's I make mean, you a website. I'm going to charge get a lot of money. Rolling. Let's get you moved up to Colorado and then... Well, it can't be Texas made now, can it? Well, here's the deal. Well, <laughs> it never yes, it's Texas roots. You know how it's worth roots, right? You know how I always say never say never. That's true. Because you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If you remember, this did not start off. I didn't wake up one day and say, "Poof, I want to make purses. I want to make leather bags." I remember quality. how it started. Oh yeah, I really don't. I wanted to reupholster the seats in the airplane. Oh, and With then leather? as I started researching uh-huh. it, uh huh. Heck yes, yeah, <laughs> leather. It's gonna be so hot. That's what's in there now. Oh, that's so hot. It's nice. It's nice. It's plush. <laughs> but as I started researching it and looking at what kind of tools I needed and how it was going to be done i thought i took some advice from somebody i watched and it was hey start it small yeah so i had a wallet that um i've been carrying for years right it was falling apart i thought okay well i'll just take this apart copy it make a pattern out use it as a pattern and make another one yeah and you know that's one of those deals that's in my pile of crap that I hope nobody ever sees. <laughs> you know, of, of all the things off, that man. I've ever made, that uh, you know, it took me a long time to get to where I felt good enough to give you a wallet yeah. or to make Dianella a bag or you know, whenever she she tells me 
oh, I want it. I want this kind of bag, or whatever. To where I was like, yeah, I can make that, and you know, I can make something that I'm proud that she will uh, walk around with and carry every day. Thousands of dollars have you already saved? I added it up. The uh, well saved. <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet. Hold on. I do like to know, <laughs> you know, what I put in it. You know, yeah. I can tell you down to the dime how much that airplane cost me. Yeah. And how much my car cost me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like to budget and all yeah. those things. I know. And it 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 started hurting a little bit, so I stopped adding. But <laughs> on the leather, uh, I don't want to call it a hobby because, you know, I like. After a certain price point, it becomes a. Thing. A lifestyle. I don't know what to call <laughs> it. I, you know, the. Well, give me a ballpark. I've got thousands in it. Yeah, you thousands. know, and versus what I've done, you know, it's like mm. time to go back to making whiskey. Shit. <laughs> no, my purse alone. It has been a while since I've made some whiskey, which maybe that Colorado know, altitude will give you some extra. I was reading. You know, you remember that time I had that little barrel and I stuck it in me and uh, me and the kid. Hopped in the airplane and we took it up to like twelve thousand feet and uh, came back I down. Remember you talking about that? Yeah, I thought, well, the pressure will push that liquid into the wood. Uh-huh. You know, huh. did that work? It, yeah. When I landed, this will, you know, it smelled like whiskey really bad in that airplane. <laughs> oh no! But it did, you know. Soak it into it and then release it. Did it get all over the? Yeah, it went everywhere. Oh no! I had put it in a plastic bag and then put it in a plastic tub. Set it in the back seat. We flew out to Graham and got like Dairy Queen or barbecue, one of the two. I don't remember. But you know, and of course, you know, you fly something over there, and there's always old timer walks up and's like, "Woo! (laughs) What does that smell, son?" It's like. We're experimenting, so <laughs> oh, gosh. we're not drinking not it. You I think. swear, <laughs> yeah, damn. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's been a while since I've made some. Um, we ha- we have that Kuwait trip to thank for the whiskey making. Yeah, it all it, you know all of these things. It it comes about by necessity. Yeah, or maybe because I'm in the desert and I want to drink some whiskey. <laughs> How do I get some whiskey? For the record, he didn't share any whiskey with Aww. me in Kuwait. Well, which is fine because I told him no. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a rule follower only whenever I'm being uh, watched mm. under severe scrutiny. Yeah. So I'm not gonna. I'm, other than that, you know, yeah. it's whatever, man. I'm outside Sweat the helps. lines for sure. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go through the list of guests we've had because this is. If this was always intended to be <sighs> the first episode. It became the tenth episode, yeah. but will be played. Okay, that was fun. I'm excited to hear about amazing. all the Stop. guests that you've. Uh, yeah. Well, the f- one of the first guests, uh, the first guest that I interviewed with the uh, the new interface. This is a Rodecaster Pro, and uh, it's kind of an all-in-one system. And y'all that are listening to this can look it up online. Really it's cool, a y'all. It looks like something that a real professional would yeah, have. It's lit yeah. up too. It's lit up. All these make different sounds. You want to hear some? Sure. Yeah. Compare. Let's try it out. So, oh, I get the headphones. I'm a bad host, and you can just put one up to your ear if you don't okay. want to put it over. They swivel. Okay. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, um, got it. Anyway, we're all supposed to have a headset, and it's so that whenever I do oh. this, can you hear the difference? Oh, I yeah, I can't hear you. I get way up here yeah. next to the microphone. These are dynamic microphones, and they're only supposed to pick up this. Okay, so whenever gotcha. Iggy's over there drinking water, it doesn't pick it up oh, as much. Oh, nice. But if I'm a, a guest, can't hear you. and I go way back here. Yeah, yeah I can't so hear That's you. why it's important. Anyway, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to show DNL some of the preloaded audio uh, tracks. Supposed to be like the intro, intro music. music. I like right. it. And I it's like got it. its own independent slider, so I can turn oh, it up wow. and down. Fade this is fancy. I'm telling you. All right, so we kill that one. And then I think this one's laughter. Is it a laugh track? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're not being funny. Yeah, when I'm not funny. Right? <laughs> Need a little help. <laughs> What's this one? I can't hear it. It's applause. Applause? Ah. Audience applause. Uh huh. Positive affirmation. And then this one right here is just like. Uh, oh, but I'm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What, what's this one? Oh, crickets. Oh, <laughs> don't use that one. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the magical. Uh, what are those things? The chimes? Story time. Chime. Like when we're Sorry, I touched the microphone. See? <laughs> See what happens when you touch the microphone? So that's like back in the day. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's this one? Oh, it's like scary. Like Twilight Zone yeah, kind of yeah. sounding mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. We won't use that one. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the left track. Yeah. So that's all of it. But there's really cool. there's that a menu really cool. on here where we can load. Because that's now eight it's buttons. it's got hair on it. Sorry. That's, right. that's just my headset. But it's got eight buttons right here. And then I can switch to another screen and it will load up eight different options so oh wow there's a total of 16 different sound effects what i want to do is get you on your guitar mm. to do the intro oh, yeah. for the podcast that's another thing we didn't mention and then i can load it on that's another damn thing you do grant yeah it helps he's that. a musician of course you are yeah he uh plays the guitar really well and um harmonica did you do all these things just so that you could win dnl over I mean, because a woman like Dianella, you've got to have a lot time. of skills. I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. But, you know, just just happened that way. Yeah. The right guy, right place, right time. And shame on you for being so picky. You need a man that's a musician, makes his own bread, flies an airplane, don't works settle. on helicopters. Never Girls settle. that are listening, don't settle. Find <laughs> yourself a grant. There's not Only enough grants. Grant. I mean, if there are more grants, I've never met one. I haven't either. That's why I scooped them up when I did. Yeah. All right, so I'll go through the list here of the guests we've had so far. I had to go to my Instagram, Fort Worth Roots. Is, now, I don't understand Fort Worth, or the, uh, I don't understand the uh, Instagrams yet. So I just tell people, go to Fort Worth Roots on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just search Fort Worth Roots. There you go. Okay, cool. Um, so Lindsay Hightower of the Hightower Band, that was our first guest. And that was before I got the interface and all the nice microphones and the stands and all that. So we literally did the whole thing on LAV mics, mm. which are those little lapel mics. Yeah. yeah. And the quality is awful. Okay. And I think that after this one, in, in order, I'm going to put the Lindsay Hightower uh, interview right after this one. So it'll be episode two. Okay. I think that's okay. the way I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was a great interview. We had a lot of fun. But the audio quality is 
Not great. It's caca. Well. So we're going to have her back on. She just growth. got off. Let's call it growth. Growth, for sure. Yeah. Cutting teeth. Well, yeah, there each you time you're learning something, exactly. you know. Well, and I thought I was going to get away with just having the LAV mics, like, for the life of the podcast, because oh. it's supposed to be a traveling podcast. Mm. I'm like, this will be easy. But this is, like, lightweight. It's not too bad. Yeah. yeah. But it's worth the inconvenience to have this level of audio quality. So um, then the next guest after Lindsay and Taylor, her guitarist. Oh, cool. Um, was your friend Ashley Meyer? Ashley Meyer, and she went to uh, New York with five thousand nurses from around the country as a support effort during the COVID nineteen thing. So she went up there. She worked for I think twenty one days, um, helped out as much as she could, and then came back home and shared her story with us. She's an amazing human being. Well, that was a really good episode, and we're very thankful to have her on. I, I told Absolutely. her next time. She, we, we never Sorry. introduced the next guest, Iggy. Iggy. Iggy has joined us. This is Iggy Boo Bear. Don't be shy now. You just came up here hey, to say hello. hi. Iggy is a he Boston Terrier. Yeah, he's a Boston Terrier. Yeah, and he's, he's about seven years old. Seven years young, and he is the best doggy ever. Ever. Yeah. And he really likes Andrew. He does. All dogs like me. I have special wizard-like powers over oh, dogs. gotcha. I've never been bitten by a dog. Really? No. I've been bitten twice by two different dogs. <laughs> two totally different situations. <laughs> and I don't understand. I was just trying to say hi. Yeah. And that's why they bit my hand. Wow. Okay. Um, let me make sure I get their names right. These two folks. I put out a Facebook uh just kind of feeler, like asking people, like, hey, if you're in Fort Worth and you help build this community, and I'd like to have you on my show and hear right. your story. yeah. So I had uh, Jennifer Castillo and Prince Whiting, and they are the owners of uh, House of Whiting, which is a commercial and residential real estate uh, firm here in uh, cool. Fort Worth, DFW okay. area. And uh, we sat down. I think that one's like an hour long, and it was a good episode. Um, it was the first right no the first episode that i used the interface was with ashley this was the second one i did with the interface so that was a good one and he's got a picture and this is on my instagram if y'all are just listening but it's uh who is that guy that he's i standing don't know next? old town road you remember that song oh what's his name he's like a rapper kind of yeah. i mean a, a country rapper right yeah. is that what they're yeah and it doesn't say on the picture has. so i don't know who that is but he it's that's a it's fun uh, picture for Prince, sure. Prince Whiting is wearing a cowboy hat, and he's standing next to the the guy from uh, that song Old Town Road, and he's got a cowboy hat on, and they just they're just mean mugging. I know, just looking cool together. <laughs> it's a good. So picture. I posted that, and then he fired back whenever I said he never explained this picture because I just went onto Instagram and stole it. Oh, but <laughs> um, he he just said it was some kind of uh, marketing thing they did, but he didn't mm. explain any more than that. So I'm gonna have to get them back on the show and ask him about that. Um, this is Jake Ferris. He's a musician. Uh, let me make sure I get the name of that. Smoking Jake Ferris is the name of his band. Cool. So he came in, played a little bit for us. Why don't you get that guy to play for you? He's He'd way better. Well, he He's got did. A band. He did play. He make did. Get him to make you a track. I could do that, Ask or I could bug you to do it. <laughs> God. I don't want to be an asshole, but I got a lot of shit going on. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lucas. The guitar's packed. 
He's the host <laughs> of uh, Just Sway podcast. Are we related? Y'all might Spelled be. Spelled the same way. Yeah, you're looking Peterson. at it there, Peterson. Um, and then making sure I don't mess up anybody's name. Uh, Matthew Broyles and his friend Trista Morris came on, and he played a little bit for us. I snapped that photo mm-hmm. like a creeper while he was mm-hmm. ignoring it's me. It's a good photo. picture. I like that a good that picture. picture. Yeah, it's off the, the phone with the two screens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this lady here is a marketer. She is a photographer. She pretty much does everything. Her name's Molly Mayfield. Yeah. She's the owner of MRM Agency, and... She pretty much does everything under the sun as far as marketing for companies, but she's photographed for the Dallas Stars oh, and wow. Wow. a bunch of pro teams and college teams, and she was a lot of fun. We did kind of a shorter episode, I think. She had an engagement right after that. Um, and then this lady, we just did hers, and I'm going to have to go back to the podcast uh, recording to see how exactly she pronounces her name. It is a German name. It's Lauren Kuchka. I believe is how you say it, but I'm probably butchering it. Lauren, I'm sorry. Um, but she, let's make sure I don't mess up the name of her company, saltedpages.com, and she does uh, copywriting for oh. different businesses, and uh, she takes over their mailing list, email marketing, and things like that. Oh, cool. Um, but she's really good at what she does, and I looked at her webpage before I sat down and talked to her, and it's just very professional. Yeah. It looks like a large corporation put this together, but right. it's all her. And they're from, well, they moved around a lot, but they just recently moved from Utah to Fort Worth. I think they moved down here in September. And so she's setting up her business down here. And her husband just uh, took on a job at an airline. And then coronavirus hit. Oh, no. Yeah. But they made their way through it, and she's got a very positive attitude. That's awesome. She's got a great smile. Yeah, she does. And then uh, make sure I don't mess up her name. Nitu Rishi. And you got to put some emphasis behind tu. Tu. Right. So she uh, is an author, and then she has a whole gamut of things that she does. But I think what she's... Uh, most passionate about is uh, uh, being a mentor and helping people with whatever their goals are. Awesome. So, and just a very positive personality. They were very hospitable. We did the the interview and then we sat down and had tea together, me, her, and her husband. And then her her uh, daughter showed up and her daughter's a choreographer and has her own business. And cool. Yeah. She's only like 19, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What a great work ethic. Yeah. They, they moved here from India, uh, I think she said 2015. Oh, wow. So, and just everybody hit the ground running. The kids are all doing their own thing. And That's awesome. She's got her thing going. Good her husband works from home. And yeah. Just a dynamite family. Living the American dream. For sure. And I think, did I, I hope I didn't miss anybody. But anyway, those are the ones that we're going to set to release whenever I get everything up and running. Do all 10 episodes as a block, and this will be the, uh, the first one. Cool. I'm really excited, yeah. Andrew. It sounds amazing. So I'm going to be bugging you guys all the way up in Colorado. Yeah. That's fine. We'll 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 figure we'll figure out a way cars. to do <laughs> <laughs> No, no. I mean, like, once you get up there oh. and you're like, okay, and you take a deep breath, and you're like, now it's time to finally start my new life, and then ding-dong. 
I and can't it's hear me. you over the rotor wash. <laughs> <laughs> so loud. Time no. for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to have you up there, and I'm excited to to talk to Fort Worth Roots up in Colorado Springs. We're always going to have Fort Worth Roots. For sure. So. For sure. And I, I'm going to go ahead and just say I don't, I don't think that's home for you. Uh, y'all are going to move up there. No, You're going to be very Fort happy. Worth. It's going to be great. But I think, I think you'll be back. Fort Worth is always home. Sure. But yeah. yeah. Never say never, though. Yeah, you don't true. know what's going to happen. True. You ready for anything? I'm going to need probably all of your skills to make sure that the mobile podcast studio is top notch. And the first thing I see are leather seats, everything wrapped in handmade oh, Grant Peterson leather, and it's going to have the GP logo <laughs> branded into the the headrests. Nice. Yeah. Why don't we do your initials though? It's your your truck. But it's it's your leather. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go buy it somewhere. Could we do something more exotic, like giraffe leather? No, oh, wow. Is that a thing? I don't yeah. know, but I don't like to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> You're okay with cows having their hide ripped off, but you draw mm-hmm. the line at yeah, long-necked animals. Mm. Well, there's more w- cows in this world than there are giraffes, Did right? you look that up? No, I didn't. I don't Just know. Please don't quote me on statistic. that. I'm pretty sure she's right. Yeah. What if you went, like, really far on this, like, totally off reservation and you just did giraffe neck leather oh wow that would be like super specialty and extremely wasteful piece. too because yeah. there's a bunch what of about other the rest of the giraffe jerky i'm sure they use every part of that thing so giraffe jerky could that be but do yeah. Gir- yeah i guess they do have hide right <laughs> Gotta have something to hold all that water in yeah. <laughs> i'm an educated professional <laughs> Yeah, and then you serve it to your guest. You don't tell them what it is. And whenever they say, this is really good jerky, you'll be like, yeah, and you're sitting on the neck. And they'll be like, what are you talking about? It's giraffe. That's giraffe okay. jerky. As long as you use every part of the animal. I'll have I to come I'm up okay with, with interesting that. ways to incorporate yeah. an entire giraffe. I'm sorry. I know <laughs> I did it again. I got weird. <laughs> I got weird. It's to be expected. You just yeah. you just let me do it, too. You didn't go, <laughs> that's enough. I mean, there's I'm sure back in. anybody who's listening to this who knows you knows mm-hmm. she can just let you do it. Right. Yeah. That's there's no true. point in stopping it. You can't really. I know. It's no fun anyway. You gotta let you gotta be you, man. I would probably be in a lot worse. Well, I definitely would be in a worse place if I hadn't met Grant. But Grant saved me so many times by well, just you saved me. grabbing me by the sleeve and pulling me mm-hmm. to the side and being like, hey. I know that this is the way you're thinking right now, but maybe think of it like this or just calm me down so that I would just not lose it. We pulled each other out of the gutter <laughs> many times. So well, thank you. It's a mutual and I love thing. both of you very, very much. Aww, I and love we you love too, you. Man. Sad yeah. that you guys are going to move, but it's I'm not excited. That far. It's not and it's like I'm ten hours in a, a car and four and a half hours in airplane. How many times do you think I'm just going to be like, Grant, come get me, and then I meet you at an airfield, and you swoop by and pick me up? I already got the route planned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I'm, I'm going to do it, okay. which I think is probably the We're gonna stop biggest in. ask ever. Would yeah. be like, hey, no, just fly down and pick me up. You just have over. to bring him some Central Market, yeah. and he'll be good. Ooh. Central Market, um, you know, the blood orange soda, Italian soda. 
And the pimento cheese. The pimento cheese. Those are two staples. And the dark chocolate uh, salted caramels. Okay. That's how I'll spin it. That's how I'll spin it. Those those things right there, those are, you know. Y'all are just going to have to come up with a list of stuff you need. I will acquire the list, and then I will pay for the fuel. And then you come down, get me. Well, it's super cheap right now. Yeah. (laughs) I saw in Pampa, which is one of the, the stop. We we could probably make it on one tank, but no, just for bladder's sake. Sure, we'll stop two and a half hours in. Absolutely, uh, and Pampa, it's like two dollars and seventy cents. Aviation I fuel, saw. yeah, for hundred low lead. That's like jet A prices. Yeah, well, uh, um, was it when I was working on my pilot license down in uh, Addison? I remember seeing six dollars a gallon. Yep. Oh yeah, when that was back in twenty twelve. Yeah, whenever you buy it from the the FBOs, the big name FBOs. Uh-huh. You know, I'm a little guy. I'm gonna stop at the little county municipal. Sure, give them the some self serve gas pump, and they don't have a ramp fee usually. Not usually, no. Um, you know, but whenever, like when we went to New Orleans, we landed there at Lakeview. You know, they'll let you park for free if you buy a certain amount of gas. Yeah. So, you know, That's the move. do that. So, yeah, sometimes you got to buy the um, the expensive stuff. Yeah. But, but they have it. snacks, so. Oh, <laughs> what kind of snacks, Dee? Mm. I remember eating some pretzels. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they were chocolate covered because that would have been that would have been the cherry on top, but oh, the chocolate on top, the chocolate covered. Yeah, pretzel. customer service and then in those places is usually out of the yeah. park. Yeah, they, if you know, they treat us just the same as um, they treat the people getting off of the Gulf Stream that just flew. Right. Mm-hmm. So right, maybe even a little better. Right, because mm. that guy in that Gulf Stream, he might have a bit of a uh, a kick in his step, you know. I don't know. I mean, I would. I just if <laughs> I just landed a I Gulf mean, Stream. Don't don't look at me. Don't look at uh, me in the no. eye. Just I just I just, you know, I just flew in in a Gulf Stream. You get what you give, you know. So uh, I know, but it's gonna be you hard. <laughs> pilot in your own Gulf Stream, Jesus. I think you that gotta thing's have got a two. bathroom in it. I think you gotta have two pilots for that one. Mm-hmm. So I need, you know. Your DNL to get there. What is the, what, what is, the, I'll beat you to it. Oh, um, you win. <laughs> you hey, can have but that But you one. went and got your Harley, or not your Harley, your motorcycle endorsement. I did. So I you're did. almost as qualified as me mm, on like hardly. fringe things that you can be <laughs> licensed on. Um, so what is the, the largest mul- like multi-engine aircraft that you could pilot solo without having to get a co-pilot? So it goes by, no, it it goes by the weight. Uh 12,500 pounds, I believe. I'm not a commercial pilot, so I don't know this shit. And that's never been in my realm. Yeah. So I haven't looked into it very much. Okay, so it's by weight. What I remember Uh when I was doing all this stuff, you know, years ago, was it's by weight. Yeah. So 12,500 pounds is the magic number. Yeah. So... Mine weighs too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't have to. You know, <laughs> I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So. Right, but well, one day we're so gonna the need largest. A large jet. Yeah, I mean, 
shit, you can do a Learjet by yourself. Yeah. You can do, yeah, you can certainly, there are, you know, single pilot, a, a great number of airplanes that are, that you can fly across the pond in. Yeah. So, yeah, there's nothing to hold you back. Do you feel like the um, private pilot community is getting larger? Ooh. Certainly getting older. Right. I'm not around very many flight schools, though, so yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not seeing. Um, certainly getting older, the general aviation, and, you know, I... Don't know. That would be an interesting thing to look into because I, you, a lot of those <laughs> little fringe groups, it seems yeah. like, are drying up. Um, I know this is so far off, but, like, the CB radio community is almost completely gone. Mm. Mm. Um, there used to be it's CB. The guys. Yeah, there used to be CB radio communities that went over the entire United oh, yeah. States. And you could, you could send a message mm-hmm. from Seattle, Washington, all the way down to Florida somewhere if you wanted to mm-hmm. via the connection of people on CB radios. Wow. And it just, that's cool. Well, it was, doesn't exist anymore. I don't think. Sure. Yeah. But just, just a hobby group that Mm -hmm. set this thing up so that the nation would always have a secondary, uh, fringe communication source. Well, we need it. Yeah, we do. And it's a shame to see something like that peter out, but I just, Mm -hmm. I hope that the private pilot community is not, uh, suffering the same kind of drawback. Anyway. I mean, it's all about, you know, bringing new folks into the fold. For sure. I try to share it with as many people as I can. Kind of like the, the VFW, just yep. less than a block from here that closed down and turned into a barbecue joint because nobody was going. Such good barbecue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, VFW. Hello, beautiful barbecue. Mm. <laughs> Burn-ins. What's the name of it? Heim. Heim? Heim Barbecue. And this mm. is, is this White Settlement here? This is White Settlement here. Yeah. White Settlement Road. Out. Heim, White it's Settlement Port, yeah. Road. Place is incredible. River District. What, what were the pork tips or whatever? Yeah, the burn ins. Bacon burn ins. Mm. Oh, Jesus Christ, those are good. Oh, and smothered Meat in that candy. sauce. Yeah. Meat candy. That's exactly what it is. Well, guys, I've tortured you for an hour and a half. Thank you for sitting in and doing of the course. first episode with me. We'll have to look o- back on this in a year. Uh-huh. Mm. Hopefully we'll laugh and not I cry. So. <laughs> I really am going to try to do like very minimal editing on this mm-hmm. so that it's legit. All the well, painful pauses and the uhs and the ahs and the uh. <laughs> Yeah, that's no pressure, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Well, as always, we wish you the best of luck and we know you're going to do good in whatever it is that you do. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for uh, mm-hmm. uh, humoring me. All right. Thank you. I'm going to play some more of your music now. Thank you all for listening. Bye. Mm